the true destructive nature of a hardened heart. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. You knew them. They were saved from a life of aberrant sin. And after a few years, they returned to it and then died in it. So what really happened? Were they really saved? Hebrews chapter 3 helps us with all of this. Hi, and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today's message is called Our Greatest Battle. As we continue our survey of Hebrews, again, we find ourselves here in chapter 3. And we begin with a look at what happens to those who come to faith and walk away. Here's Pastor Phil. Seen people who profess the faith that uh, abandon not only this church, but abandon walking with Christ. And when they died, they were back on the drugs they originally had been saved from. They were back to the bar they originally said they were saved from. They were back to womanizing like they originally got saved from. They went back to everything they used to be. How can it be? Well, the early church knew well the story of Judas, who could travel with Christ for three and a half years and still deny him and bail out selling for 30 pieces of silver. They knew the story. How do you explain Judas? Jesus must not have been a very good pastor. Let's blame, let's blame somebody. Jesus, you didn't take get very good care of him. He said, I've asked the Father to keep all that are mine. He never has been mine. He's of the devil. He just likes to hang around a religious crowd. It's like some of you. You like to hang out around church. They're kind of nice folks. At least on Sunday, they look good. Kind of safe. A little bit better. Better than the boys club. They knew the story of Demas going back. They knew the story of the four soils where Jesus said, some seed will sprout up quickly, and it looks like it's the real thing. And then the sun of persecution comes, and it wilts, and it dies, and it never bears fruit. Oh, what about that soil that seemed to spring up in rocky ground? And it, it, it seemed to be the real thing. It took shallow root, but the rocks choked it out. What about that soil that uh, the anxieties of the world, the, the lust for riches and and the cares of life just came in and, whoop, another plant just fell over. Only one of the four bore fruit. The only one that was saved in the picture. The other three shows you that we can have quick conversions, short-term conversions, short-term people that seem really happy in this and that. And, and yet, it's not how you begin the Christian life. It's how you finish it's not, not saved for a day. Not, oh, I, I'm, no, if you continue, if you continue, 
And he's saying we ought to be encouraging one another. Now, I want to ask you some real convicting questions, and I don't want you to look at your wife or husband. Who would you go to if you were getting in a slump, beginning to stray in your heart? Who would you go to in the church right now? Pastors not included. To you. To you. Who would you go to to talk straight to you that you're being deceived, you're being stubborn, and you're straying? Who would you give the permission to talk to you that way? Or would you say, it's none of your business how I'm living. Get out of my life. I'm an American. That's your problem. Are you more American than Christian? Who needs this warning? Who needs it? And let me tell you something about this passage. Verse 6 and 14 give interpreters fits because it sounds like you might lose your salvation. If you continue, if you continue. Now let me tell you the different approaches to the if, okay? Uh, There's one group that says you can lose your salvation. You can start being saved. And then all of a sudden you go back. We called it backsliding. I grew up this way. You go back, boom, you're lost. That's straightforward, clean cut. And wow, I believed it for years. Made sense. Many good people believe that. So that if you turn back, you just lost it. You're just not saved. Okay. Two, uh, you got people, and this is a dastardly view. It's hypothetical. The warnings, we know you don't need this, but let me hypothetically warn you. Oh, I just want to throw up. God doesn't waste warnings. God's got more to do than to threaten and not carry through. It's not hypothetical. It's real. Now, let me tell you about the once saved, always saved crowd. They'll read verses like this and, well, that doesn't apply to me because you know I got it. I'm once saved. I'm always saved. And it's all these uh, Arminians worried about losing it that this is for. And, And you get this flippancy, that exhortations to holiness, exhortation to flee sin, exhortation to be careful. Oh, that's not for me. I'm I'm saved. I got it. Wait, 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 wait. Can you be saved and go to bed with the wrong woman? Talk to me. I can't hear you. Did David go to bed with the wrong woman? Do folks in the church get in trouble? Are they still saved? They had immoral people in the Corinthian church. They were the baptized, full of the Holy Ghost, on fire, tongue-talking church, but they still had immoral problems, just like the Baptists. No, No groups immune. No groups immune. What's the warning? The warning is 
continuance in the faith gives evidence you've been saved. And the reformers never talked about eternal security. Once saved, always saved. It, that's, that language is, they said, those who are truly saved will persevere even to the end. They may fall down. The righteous fall down seven times, Proverbs says, but the Lord puts them back up. Huh? The Lord puts them back up. Now, let me tell you something. So many of you, so many just city folks, you need some training. The difference between a hog and a sheep, I got this from McGee. It's wonderful. You can take a hog, bathe it, spray it with Chanel number five, but you won't change its nature. Guess what it's looking for? You got it. Mud, barnyard. Woo, I feel at home. You are at home. You're a hog. And Peter says the apostate is like a dog that returns to his vomit or like the hog. The nature's not been changed. They've never got new appetites. And all of a sudden we say, oh, if we would have discipled them. Oh, baloney. If they'd ever got saved. See, I grew up with Pentecostals and Free Will Baptists and different people, different Mennonites. I grew up with people of all different persuasions. Those that thought you can lose it. Those that said, I, but guess what? Hear me. I go see some folks that preached me as a kid, Pentecostals, and I can't talk them into security. They said, we love you, Phil, but don't try to make a Baptist out of us. Okay. I'm more sure they're going to make it than they are because they're going to be there. And guess what? 50 years later, they're still walking with it. She's walking. They had never heard about this once saved, always saved. They don't believe it. That's a bunch of baloney. That's what you confound. That's what seminary got you into. When you used to be full of the Holy Ghost, you didn't talk that way. Guess what? It doesn't matter if they believe it or not. They're living like they do. They just continue, continue, continue. And I've seen some in this church that I raised spout off all that they know that aren't pursuing him today. Now, who really is saved? Those who know all the answers are those that keep following. Look at verse 6. It said, if we indeed hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope, we're boasting in the promise the gospel gives us. We're continuing to hold. We're not going back to Judaism. We're not going back from where we came out. We're going to cling to Christ, hold on to Christ. He's all we've got. And then verse 14, listen. If indeed we hold, we've come to be sharers in Christ. We really are born again. If indeed we hold our original confidence for a week, Oh, oh, for to the end. That's how long. You see, the faith in John is present tense usually. Whosoever is believing, 
It's present tense. It's not once for all. Those that are born again are the people who continually believe God right on through. But guess what, believer? I need you and you need me to keep me from being deceived by sin and doing something crazy even if I'm going to heaven. That's what he says. Just recently, I heard of a young lady that I've known for years in a slump, in a downtime, telling another believer, I think I need to have an affair to get over this. Have an affair, a husband and five children. You don't need more sex. Your problem won't be solved with another rendezvous. A voice is talking to her. A voice is saying, deceiving her. What you need is a fix. What you need is a one-night affair. What you need maybe is a shot of Coke. What you need is do this. You need to step into and do the forbidden. You do it. Come on, honey. It won't hurt. It won't hurt. It'll give you a quick lift. You need to get drunk this Friday night. You know, getting drunk always gets you out of your problem. Come on. And we got to keep Jack in business. You, 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 you need, come on, you need a quick fix. You need a quick, who's lying to you? Who are you talking, listen to me. Who, hey, well, you, who, you're listening to another voice. And in the battle of my life is which voice am I going to believe? Which voice? It's a battle of our life. You're listening to a voice and you're following that voice. Is it the voice of God or this voice of Satan or something just as bad, that stupid heart of yours that according to Numbers 15, God said, I want you to stone the boy for picking up sticks on the Sabbath. This is the reason the crime was so great. Because he followed his heart and not my word. When you don't know what to do, do what God says. When you don't know which way to go, go this way. Well, I sort of feel in the mood. That's your problem, honey. You're in the mood. You can't live on emotion and moods. You've got to say, I will take him at his word, though he slay me. I choose to believe God. Even when I buried my children and the boils are all over my body, I choose to trust this God who has blessed me so much. I choose to believe him. Amen. That's your choice. You see, that's where your eternal state is a choice. You're either going to believe the voice of God or the voice of Satan. And Satan wants company in hell, so he wants you to listen to him. God has offered you heaven, but you've got to listen to him. You've got to believe him. I don't know of anything more offensive than if I had this scenario. Son, for your birthday, I plan to buy you a brand new bike. Uh, I want to be good to you. And, and the boy simply says, well, Dad, I respect you, but I think you're lying. Son, whoever, who, who put that in your head? Well, uh, the, 
the, the bully on the block says, you're a liar. And you, I can never trust what you say. So, Dad, it, it, I, it sounds good, but since you're a liar, I'm not counting on it. Now, if you were the dad, how would you, would you take that personally? And here God is. Enter the land. Enter by faith. I am going to fulfill my promise to Abraham and his descendants. It's yours. Go for it. No. We will not. We don't believe you. Take that and hang it on your ear. God says, I make an oath. You shall not enter my rest. I'll see to it. You don't get the land. I'll march you to death. And this is where he comes down in chapter 4. He's going to say, there is a rest to those who believe God. But chapter 3 ends, there's no rest for those who will not believe him. So I ask you, as you begin a new year, who are you going to believe? Whose voice will you listen to? Oh, I think of our young people, and I think of us. Look at how many voices are coming to us. It's not like no one's talking. Technology's coming at us. Uh, news is coming. You know, today you can just stay at home and hear a thousand messages. Tech, text, this, ba, ba, ba. And they just say, uh, tell me, do you read the Bible? Well, I, I'm reading a good novel. I didn't say a novel. I said, have you heard God talk to you lately? Well, I don't believe in dreams and visions. Do you believe in listening? Listening. Today. Today. If you'll hear his voice and not harden your heart and stop being deceived by sin... Oh, the whole race has been deceived. When will you admit you're a gullible, deceivable person? No matter how sophisticated you think you are. The whole race was deceived by a lie. Believe the other voice. Hell will be full of people who follow another voice. I love what he said in John 10. But my sheep hear my voice. The only way we'll know you're his sheep, you'll hear it and follow it, and you will be guaranteed of heaven if the perseverance is evidence in your life. If you go back, if you go back, we have no assurance, no assurance that you're one of his own. For a sheep, though they stumble, Though they get dirty, though they fail, though they must run to him constantly to confess their sins and attitude, there is a fountain for us, but there is no road back for the believer. When you come to Christ, you burn all the ships in the bay and say, we're not going back. I think of Winston when he was giving his speech at the school he graduated from. And they brought him back. I think it was Harold was the uh, school. He went back 
after being prime minister of England. And they said, please give us a speech. He said, I will be glad to. And he showed up, and his speech was, never, never, never give up. And he sat down. That was the speech. And the Hebrews is saying, never, never, never give up Christ for Judaism, bullocks, religious rituals, follow the deception of a lying voice. Oh, take yourself by the throat and say, oh, liar, I will not listen to my heart, nor will I listen to this other voice. I will listen to one voice, the voice of God. That's your battle. That's your battle. Let us stand. Stand with me. Some of you are listening to the other voice. Your life's in a mess. You're on the verge of destroying yourself by some deceitful sin. Some of you men, you know you're playing with the wrong kind of literature, the wrong kind of eyes. Why don't you look to God to deliver you from all the deception that rages in your own heart? Oh, I wish. You know what would be wonderful to me? If with the dismissal prayer, I knew this. That you yourself would corner at least two people to encourage them to keep running. To encourage them, don't get a hard heart. Don't let your heart get hardened. I want you to pursue God. Beware. Let me ask you this. Is it better to put a hospital at the bottom of the hill or to build a fence at the top? I'd rather prevent you from going over than to put you in rehab at the bottom. Too many of you are too silent, too long. You talk too much about the wrong thing, and you don't talk enough to encourage one another. We need each other. I need you. You need me. You need the Word of God. Encourage one another while it's called today. Father, I thank you. You encourage my heart. Your word encourages me. And oh, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for those precious believers you put in my life from a boy on that encouraged me to listen to God. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. Listen. Practice purity when you're a teenager. Don't love money. Don't preach for fame. Don't preach for the wrong reasons. Oh, I can hear my sister. I can hear my dad. I can hear my aunts. I can hear all those family members. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. Do it today. Do it God's way. And I've been reaping for 50-some-odd years for listening to your voice. Deliver the marriages that are in trouble, the young people that are strained, and all the temptations to go back, to listen to another voice. Deliver us from being deceived, Lord. Please deliver us from deception. We're so gullible that only your truth and your spirit can guard our hearts. Please do it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. And that brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our program, I'd like to leave you with our contact information, especially in light of the fact that this is a listener-supported ministry. And as you contact us, not only with prayer support, but financial support as well, we're able to continue the ministry, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday as well here on KFAX. Please prayerfully consider that as you contact us today with your gift, 855-833-9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And another way to contact us, probably the easiest, is through our website, valleybible.org. It's there that you can even take advantage of our secure online donations. You can also take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth and walk in Christ. Again, valleybible.org. It's there that we also have a bit more information about who we are and what we believe and directions if you would like to join us for worship. Service times are at 9 and 11 this morning, and we'd love to see you face-to-face. And don't forget, as you partner with us financially and become a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift, along with access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. Find out more at valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 